Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome back to the Making Headway Podcast. Today, we are interviewing Michael Schutt. He is an actor, writer, storyteller extraordinaire. He kind of does it all. Um, he is overachiever in the brain injury world. He's gone for three ischemic strokes all in one year. Um, from June to October, he developed three different strokes. So I think he wins the prize for most strokes in the shortest amount of time. Um, and he also doesn't know why they occurred. So we're kind of the same in that boat. Um, you guys may have heard of Michael Schutt. Um, he is the writer and actor behind A Lesson in Swimming. Um, it's a radio play, but you can listen to it just like you listen on Apple Podcasts. Um, he also is pretty active in the community. Um, I've had the great pleasure of meeting him in a clubhouse room, um, one of the Neuro Nerds clubhouse rooms that they do on Wednesday and Friday nights with Joe Borges. Um, he's just an all-around great guy. So welcome, Michael. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna try to tell your story for you. I'd like okay. you to kind of Start wherever you feel like, and we'll see how this goes. See where sure. Well, I guess the the short version of my story, you've already sort of done it, but I had three ischemic strokes in 2015 from June to October, um, all in the span of four months. Um, and then, I realize you don't get a prize for that, right? I know. I, 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 well, I wanted at least to get an A. <laughs> like I, I, I was always like, I always needed to be the, the best student. <laughs> I was like, I, I, if I'm going to be a stroke patient, I want to be the best one. <laughs> um, so many of us are those overachiever A students. Uh-huh. There's something to that. I, 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 think, there, I think there is. <laughs> I, I think there is. Um, and then I guess uh, a shameless plug, like the long version of my story, I wrote it. <laughs> and it's, it's, now, um, yeah. it's, it's now a play. So, But yeah, the, I had the th- three ischemic strokes. They never figured out why. Um, and each, each one got, was sort of like bigger than the one before it. They were crescendoing, I guess you would call it. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, it upended my, my life a little bit and ch- changed, changed everything, but not. Yeah. Well, you mentioned before we started, um, taping that, you know, it's affected your vision, your mm-hmm. mobility, your language centers. Um, and honestly looking at you and talking with you, I would never have guessed any of those things, but wow. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the great ironies. I don't know if irony is the right word, but, um, of having, a stroke or a brain injury is like, I know we, we talk about this a lot in Clubhouse, but the difference between um, presenting well and being well, like I, I remember I had an, one of my nurses came in one day. There was one day I had like 13 people in my room, like they like like everyone showed up and and they all finally left and the nurse came in and she was taking my blood pressure or, or something and she like held my hand for a second. She goes, um, so they all think that you're doing fine. <laughs> she said. I know you're not. She goes, at some point you're going to have wow. to tell them. And I was like, yeah. no, no. Because <laughs> like, I, you know, I, would en- <laughs> I, would, I would entertain people when they came in because I wanted them to come back. Like no, no one wants to go visit someone right. that's like moping all the time. I was like, they're not going to come back. So I was like, I, w- I would sort of hold court and like be up and happy and, and, and t- <laughs> tell them funny stories. So you, you don't identify with Debbie Downer from SNL then. I, <laughs> I, 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 I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. 
you don't aspire to. No, no. Well, it's funny when I, when I was a kid, uh, when my uncle used to yell all the time, but like whenever, like someone would say, "How are you?" If you ever gave an answer other than doing fine, he would always be like, "No one wants to hear about your aches and pains." He's like, "You always say never better," and that, and I held on to that, and I literally like I'd be in the hospital, people would come in like, "How are you?" I'm like, "Never better. I'm doing great. I'm doing great." Oh jeez. I just had a stroke, but never yeah. better. Never better. I'm great. I'm I can't see you, but never I, better. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Michael, that's tough. Mm. If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if modus can help you recover. Um, you know, you you really kind of struck me when we were talking beforehand, um, before we started recording, you talked about how writers write to answer a burning question. Mm-hmm. And for you, the whole impetus of a lesson in swimming was how do I understand my own brain injury um, when I don't understand it at all? At myself, I, you said that much more eloquently. How do I explain my own brain injury yeah. when I don't even understand it myself? Um, talk to us a little bit more about what what you experienced. Well, I I, I think, I, and I, I would assume like a lot of us can can understand this. Like when we, when we have a stroke or, or any sort of brain injury, we have no frame of reference for this. Like we've never been through this before, right. and right. all of a sudden, Except like you. you well, yeah, exactly. But e- but even so, like, e- e- each one was different, and each one had had different um, di- different ramifications or di- di- different outcomes. And um, like all, all of a sudden, there's there's one line I have in the show where I say, "I don't have the same brain that I spent forty eight years developing," and so I don't know how this works. Like like I I had such horrible short-term memory loss. Like <laughs> doctors would come in and tell me something and five minutes later, I wouldn't even know that they had been there. I, there was one day I called one of my friends and I literally asked him, I said, can you, can, can you come, can you come visit me? I was like, I, I haven't seen you in a while. And he was like, Michael, I was there a half hour ago. I was like, you what? <laughs> he was like, I was there a half hour ago. And I had no recollection of that. So I, I started. Isn't that the hardest thing? Yes. When people tell you things that you did and you don't remember it. Yep. I effing hate that. that well, it really, it really bothers me. Gr- growing up Boston Irish, I've had that experience before, but that's usually been from drinking. <laughs> they don't have been told what I've done. Yeah, normally it's a reason. You yeah, exactly. You did that to yourself. Ex- exactly. Whereas with stroke, it's like you literally have no frame of reference. No there. frame like, of you reference. You already told me this, and I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember it. And it's awful. I hate that feeling. That was sort of how I start. That that wasn't necessarily the why I started writing, but it was how I started writing because I I had a notebook. And I started writing, I made everyone that came in sign in and like in like sign in and the time, the time they came in. And so that I could look back and go, oh, I totally forgot that they were here today. Or like, like, and, and I started, I started, I started giving people points for coming in <laughs> and like, and you get a bonus <laughs> point. You got a bonus point if you brought me chocolate and stuff like that. So like, you really are an A student. <laughs> <laughs> I keep track of things. Um, but yeah. th- and then I so then I had to start writing things down just to remember that they had happened and that that was sort of sort of how I started the writing process. Um, well, the the writing actually started like I guess it was, it was probably like a year and a half after I got out of the hospital. Um, I I 
started a writing class, a, a personal essay and mem- memoir class, and where the teacher would just give us a writing prompt and we would just write f- for like 10 minutes or something. And I would see what came out. And doing that, that ended up bringing back a lot of my memory. Like that, that's how I, that's how I started recalling things was like, because like, I would start writing about what I felt. And one of the little tricks a friend of mine had always taught me with writing, so if you ever get stuck, like go, go through your head, like I remember, like go through the five senses. Like I remember what I felt, I remember what I saw, I remember what I smelled, I remember what I could touch, I remember what I tasted. And I would start writing from that because that's so primal. And all of a sudden like images would come back and, and I would start remembering things that happened. And, and the- That's amazing. I've had a very similar feeling where, you know, I, and I think we have the five senses, but we forget like the emotional because I yes. remember my feelings better than yeah. I remember Me too. the actual event. But I know I felt good or I felt bad yeah. or I felt scared or yeah. there, you know, that's I, the em- empaths in us. I, I use that in, in the show in a couple different places. There's the one moment where I literally think I'm dying, where I'm, I have my second stroke and I was in the car by myself. And, and I, I think that I have died because I, I was like, oh, I'm dead. And I'm like, wait, no, I'm not dead. I can, I can feel the steering wheel in my hand. I can touch the driver's side window. I can taste the tears coming down my face. Like I'm still alive. And that, that is what kept, that's what kept me alive. Like just like I needed that knowledge that I was still there. Um, because there was a moment where I, 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 I had this thing called alien hand syndrome, which I didn't even know was a thing where my, Never heard of it. it's where your body, your brain doesn't recognize one of your extremities. So my body didn't, or my brain didn't realize that my hand was my hand and my hand was on my, on my, I, I had just come out of the gym. And so I was in like gym shorts and a t-shirt and I was in the front seat of my car when I had the stroke and my my left hand was on my thigh and I thought someone was in the car trying to touch me and I kept trying to kick them out. I was like, get, get, get out, get out, get, get out of the car, get, get out of my car. And I finally grabbed the hand and I started hitting it and I pulled it up to my face and I was looking at it and I noticed I have three freckles on the back of my hand. And I was like, I know those freckles. Like I, I know. And I was like, what, what is it? Like my brain, I was like, what is happening right now? So I pulled down the visor and, 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 and I used the, the mirror to look into the backseat because I was convinced someone was in the backseat, like reaching over and, and touching me. And when I looked in the mirror, I, I couldn't see anyone. But then I realized that I, I couldn't see myself. I was like, my, I'm not there. Like my face isn't there. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. And, and I was like, no, no, I, I, I'm, and I was convinced that the hand on me, that it was death that was in the, like, you know, being, being raised very Catholic, like, I have these very strong images of, you know, what, what, Covering yeah, yeah, what, what, what death is like, like it, it's, it's a person that comes and gets you. And that's who I was convinced yep. was in the car with me. Um, and, uh, oh, that's luckily it was not, <laughs> it was not, or, or if it was, I managed to kick him out. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that so that I, mean, I'm, I forgot like that. I was like, where are we going with this? Oh, yeah, the the five senses. That's what. But that's how I grounded yes. myself was to go through the five senses. Like like I, I can I can taste taste my tears. I can I can like t- touch the steering wheel. I can t- touch the window. I can I can feel the cold. So it was st- stuff like that um, helped me in my writing, but it, it also ends up literally like in, in the show and a couple, couple to, the other place that happens is where um, after the brain biopsy when I'm coming out of the anesthesia and I don't know where I am or what's happened and I literally I 
ground myself by going through the five senses. I was like, okay, I can, I can see this, I can smell this, I can, I can taste this, I can, so. Mm. I wish I had made it to that part of the um, radio play, because <laughs> I was telling you before the show, when I first started listening to it, I haven't had a chance to finish it yet, mm-hmm. but when I first started listening to it, I had one of those kind of types of experiences and ended up being a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I woke up not realizing that I was asleep. I thought I was just listening to a lesson in swimming and I had no clue where I was. I had no, um, and nor where my husband was. So I was in a hotel room. I didn't remember what city I was at. Um, super scary. Um, I wish I had heard that part, made it to that part where I could have checked in with my senses to realize, okay, you're safe. You're still yeah. here. <laughs> it's okay. But now I know. Okay, <laughs> first step. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how long was your recovery? Did you have to go through a lot of rehab? Well, I'm... I'm I, I would say I still haven't fully recovered, but I, I was in rehab for, oh, it's so, I'm, I'm going to try to remember this. I was in the rehab unit of the hospital for a month. Um, I, 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 believe, I believe it was about a month. Um, and then after that, I had a lot of outpatient, I, I think over a year or so of outpatient rehab, uh, two, two or three times a week. I did physical therapy, visual therapy, occupational therapy. And then they finally got me into um, speech therapy, which... I, I did not realize speech therapy like encompasses so much more than just actual speech, but that's where we started. That that was when we realized how severe my my cognitive loss was, and so I started working really diligently on 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 that, on regaining that. Isn't it amazing? Speech therapists really, really, I think they need a different name. Yeah. Because they do so much more than just talking. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I, I called mine, yeah. Like I called mine my thinking therapist. Yeah. She was literally the one teaching me how to be able to think and do cognitive activity again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, speech kind of short changes them. Yeah. So how you were in those outpatient therapies for how long would you say? Or I, are you still? I, I'm I'm planning on going back to the um, to my vision therapist um, probably after the first of the year, um, just because I still have. Um, the homonymous hemonopsy and I still have double vision, which every time I see one of my doctors, they're like, oh, that should have cleared up by now. I was like, well, great. Maybe it should have, but it hasn't. <laughs> so, so they're like, maybe you should go great. see a, a neurological ophthalmologist. I was like, I've been, but I will go again and I'll, I'll go back to therapy. So, yeah. Yeah. I go to my neurooptometrist tomorrow, actually. Um, it's amazing how like I get that same line, like, oh, you should be better by now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but I'm not. Exactly. Stop focusing on what I don't have and let's focus yeah. on where I'm at now. Yep. Um, it's really frustrating to it, always have that. It's incredibly kind of frustrating. Light of, oh, well, you should have, you should have, you should never have. Yep. Like, oh. <laughs> yep. It's well, frustrating. It's tough. I don't know why doctors feel the need to do that, but fortunately, there's a lot of good people out there that don't do that. And, Absolutely. Um, I know we were talking a little bit about community mm-hmm. with brain injury and how vital that's been for recovery, just having someone. I mean, I met you at a clubhouse, mm-hmm. um, which for those of you who don't know what clubhouse is, it's like a it's like a glorified conference call is what I call yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly um, what it is. It's a social media platform where you don't have video. It's just audio, and you can join in if you want to or not and just stay quiet. Um, but Joe from the NeuroNerds um, has one every Wednesday and Friday night. Um, what time are they at? 9, 9 p.m. I think my time. Yes, I mean, 6, six, 6 p.m. my time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so 6 Pacific Standard Time. Um, so, and anyone's welcome to ever join in on the clubhouse, mm-hmm. on the Neuro Nerds Network. And just being with people who get it, yep. oh, it's so needed. Absolutely. <laughs> Some days, like, I just look forward to having that time. Yeah, and, and like you said, you don't have to join in the conversation. You, you can just sit back and listen. And I mean, I didn't get that at first. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at just sitting back. I just, I tend to just start talking. Um, but we, you know, we, we have people in there from Australia, from Singapore, from Bangkok, from like all, all over, all over the world. Um, they, they come in and join us. And it, it, there's something really special about being in a community of people that get it. Um, and you know, like, like we were saying before, like, Every, everybody's brain is different. You know, everybody's injury is different. Everybody's recovery is different, but we're all going through something to, and it, I, I, I kind of equate it to, um, I've said this before, before where I equate it to the wizard of Oz. Like we're, we're all on the same path. We just have different needs. Like, like, like Dorothy, Scarecrow, Toto, the Tin Man, they were all on the yellow brick road, but they all had a different need for being on there, but they, they had someone, they had someone to travel with together. And that's sort of what we're doing. Like we're all on this recovery path. We all have like, I, I have one need, you have a different need. Somebody else has a different need, but we have each other's hands to hold and, and we, it gets us down that path together. Yeah. I love that analogy. Um, and sometimes you're skipping, sometimes you're crying, yep. sometimes apples are being thrown at your head. Yep. But Bats are flying, <laughs> flying monkeys are coming at you. <laughs> yeah. Flying monkeys. I can't yep. forget that. The wicked witch. Yeah. Um, that's so applicable to where I'm at. Like I was telling Michael, you know, today for me, has been a really rough day and I'll just, I'll be open. Um, and I've been fighting all day just to be able to get my stupid migraine medication. Um, the pharmacy keeps messing up and they're not giving me enough. And then I run out too early and the insurance company won't authorize more. And then the doctor's office has to do this and blah, blah, blah. So it's literally been all day of just fighting to be able to get my medicine one day early. So I don't run out. One day early. And, you know, I came into this conversation feeling so, what's the right word? Defeated's a little bit strong, but just, just down. Like, just kind of sick of having to fight the good fight all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, why is someone else's turn to fight? Why is it always me? Why am I always taking the bullet? And then I come on and I get to see Michael. (laughs) I know he totally gets it. Um, you know, like I, I probably would have normally canceled something like this because I wouldn't be joyful enough to build a whole conversation. But you know what? This is how brain injuries go sometimes. Yep. Sometimes it sucks. And you are taking the bullets all day long. Yep. And but it, you get skip and have apples thrown at your head and duck and you're fine. There you go. There you go. Click, click your heels three okay. times and you're home. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that easy. I know. <laughs> When do I get the wizard? I yeah, want all exactly. my wishes and stuff. Yep. <laughs> so what other things have you learned through your recovery? Oh, wow. This is such a, such a big question. Big question. <laughs> like how much time do we have? Um, well, I, I definitely learned the, the absolute importance of, of community. Like, cause I, I know we were talking earlier, but like after my stroke, like that was the most isolated and lonely I've ever felt. Like, even though I was surrounded by people that loved me, um, ton, tons of friends, tons of family, like, like, like the wagon circled, but I still felt completely alone. Um, cause no one got it. So the, the, the importance of like finding that community, like that's, if, if there's one 
bit of advice I can give to anyone like that is going through something like this is like find find your people that that, that get you, um, or, or or at least the people that will listen. <laughs> you, you know, like there there's yeah. so so many times. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but there, so I'll just speak for me. There are so many times that I've been, you know, dismissed or like, like, oh, you're being dramatic or, oh, oh, you're, I was like, no, I'm trying to tell you what's going on. Like, like it. And so then when we get to clubhouse or, or something like this, where someone gets it and like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually being heard. <laughs> that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference. Um, which is also a big part, part of why I, I, I wrote my story. I was like, like, like we were saying earlier, like, how do you explain what's going on in your head? When you don't understand it yourself, there, there's a woman out here that runs a storytelling night, and her her big thing is um, that telling our stories creates empathy, and that's why I started writing these things. I was like, I want people to understand. Like, I I, I don't want anyone to ever have to go through this, but I want them to understand like that we are some of us are going through this, and. Um, and that it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Absolutely. I think, you know, yeah, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I'm supposed to be happy all the time. Yeah. Like what you were doing in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like people expect me to act this way, so I must always fill this role. Yep. No, no. The cast can change. Yep. You can be different characters. Absolutely. Which is kind of a cool thing with your show being a one-man show. Mm-hmm. You're like almost different characters oh, throughout yeah. the whole thing. I played 60, yeah, 64 you. different characters in that show. Yeah, but it, but it's all you yeah. in the end. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just so true of life. Like people kind of falsely assume that we're always just going to be the same. You become yeah. 18, you're magically an adult, and you're just always going to be that same adult that you were back then. Yep. Thank God I'm not. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm very glad I've developed yep. beyond my 18-year-old self. Yeah. But... You know, we just have to have that grace, I think, um, for anybody, whether you're brain injured or not, yep. that things will always change. Mm-hmm. They will never stay the same. Well, I'm talk- I mean, talking about things that I've learned through the recovery, like that I've learned how to adapt and how to pivot and like, like I had to. And I- ironically, that's, I-, I think that's why uh, that's the, that's the only reason I have the radio show right now is because we were scheduled to open it was going to be a live performance we we're going to run it for six weeks and then COVID hit and shut theaters down and so i was like okay there's one thing i learned during <laughs> during my recovery it's like how to pivot and how to adapt and so we ad- literally adapted the show into into a radio play so i could get the story out there now are you upset that pivot has been stolen forever as a word of COVID? <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> honestly, I can never think of it in any other way except for the episode of Friends where they were carrying the couch up the stairs. Yes. <laughs> like, right. like I, I have, like I know we've all used it in terms of COVID, but I will always go back to David Schwimmer yelling "pivot." <laughs> it makes me so upset though that COVID stole that word because I too think so does the couch going up the yep. stairs. And now I always have like this little asterisk next to it, yep. but it's a COVID word. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Damn COVID. Yep. <laughs> Yet another thing they took from Took us. so many things from so us. Have, I know, really. It really has. And you were, like you said, you were supposed to be a live show. And mm-hmm. now, fortunately, we do get to all experience it as a radio show. Um, but what are the plans for the show going forward? We are 
planning as of like um, variants notwithstanding, we're planning on opening the show in May of 2022. It was really important to me to open it in May because May is National Stroke Awareness Month. And I, I, I want to use the show to raise as much awareness for stroke as possible. And, you know, I know we, we've talked about this on Clubhouse too, is like, we're all, we're all raising awareness in the ways that we know how. And we're like, we all help the community in the ways that we know how. Um, this just happens to be the way that I knew, knew how, like I, I knew, I knew how to do a play. And so that's, yeah. that's how I'm doing it. I know how to blab into a microphone. Yep. But sometimes nothing. That's how I help. <laughs> there you go. And I think that's the great thing about our little, um, we've used the word club a lot for clubhouse, but mm-hmm. it is kind of like we're all in a club, right? Yeah. Like all these brain injured people. Yeah. Like none of us wanted to join it. No. Nope. I'm really happy I'm in it. Someone said the other day, the dues suck, <laughs> but it's really nice to be here when, yeah. when, when, once you get here. <laughs> right. I've never liked a group where you have to pay dues either. Yeah, exactly. Like a sorority girl or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pay for my friends. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'm grateful too. You know, I'm really excited that I've been able to connect with the community and with you guys, um, even though you are West Coasters. And you I know. Just hard for me to get to um where are you going to be holding the show is that a west coast thing or yeah. are you going to be traveling well uh, eventually i would i would really like to tour it to i, I want to try to get it um there's sort of like a, a college circuit like where, where you can take your shows to colleges i'd, I'd like to do that and but i'd really like to take it to medical conferences and to hospitals oh yeah um uh, because yeah. mainly because it's funny my my neurologist listened to it and I didn't realize she was going to listen to it. And she called me afterwards and she's like, Michael, I, I listened to your show. And she's like, I, it's, you're an incredible storyteller. She goes, but it broke my heart to hear how we treated you when you first came into the hospital. And I was like, that wasn't you. That, that was like, that was not you. And I was like, that was in the ER. So I have this little meltdown in, in the, in the, in the ER when they just keep asking me like, why did you wait so long to come in? Why'd you wait so long to come in? Why'd you wait so long to come in? I was like, I don't know why I waited so long. Like, I didn't know what was happening. Like I've never been through this before. I didn't know. And, um, but she said to me afterwards, she, she said, I'm, you know, we, we train our, our doctors to get the information out of the patient as quickly as possible because time, time is brain. Like we, we time is of the essence with a stroke. She said, but I'm going to retrain them to make sure they're approaching the patients with compassion. Um, because, of, of, of what you put in your show. It's like, we forget that like, they've never been through this before. And this, and this is scary for them. And I was like, if nothing else came out of my show, like that phone call and that happening, that that's worth every hour I put into this thing. And that's one of the reasons I'd love to take it to different medical conferences and, and hospitals, like just to, for, for doctors to, to get to see it. And to, you know, where I, there were so many times like the doctors would come in and, talk about me almost as if I wasn't there and talking about my chart and like, this should have happened. Maybe we should try this. Maybe we should try this. And I was like, hi, there's a person here. There, 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 there's a person right here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a human being like talk, talk to me like, and, and don't just look at my chart. Ask me what I'm feeling. Like ask me what I'm going through. Like that's, that's important. And the, you know, I, I read something, uh, I forget where it was. Somebody talked about once how, um, you know, doctors read the patient's charts, but there's a person behind the chart. And that's what I was trying to do in, in writing this story is like humanize 
what what's what's going on for us like it, it's not just the that's such a oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that's such a big theme in healthcare. Mm -hmm. um you know we're forgetting as we add in more and more technology yeah. we're kind of removing healthcare workers from the patient yeah. and the fact that we even call the person the patient yeah like that just makes it seem so clinical and sterile and removed and we're we're forgetting that we are people as caregivers yep. and the patients, the people with the strokes, they are people too. Yep. We are all the same. Yep. You have one degree, that person in the bed may even have more degrees than you. You need mm -hmm. to still remember they're a person. Yep. Um, we're losing that human touch every day. It's, it's discouraging, but it's possible to get it back. Yep. We just need to remind people in ways like you are um, that you still matter. You are a person. We are all yeah. human in this together. Well, and the, the hospital that I was in, which, which they were amazing, but I, um, they were a teaching hospital. So there were oftentimes like they would bring in like five or six students at a time and like, and go over my case in front of me. And there was one guy, one day, one doctor that referred to me as the stroke. Guy. This is Michael. He's the stroke guy. And I was like, the what? Wow. I was like the stroke guy. And that was that was when like i made a firm resolve in in that moment i was like i am never going to let the stroke define me and like what i came to later was was oh but i'm going to use the stroke as an opportunity to redefine myself and that like that if if nothing came out of that like that moment like i was so angry and i was like no i'm going to actually like take this take take charge of, of this like like yeah the stroke happened it sucks but i now get to choose how I respond to it and, and what I do with this. And yeah. that's, that's yes. sort of what I've been doing. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M-O-T-U-S-N-O-V-A dot com slash making headway.
So I think this is the um, universe trying to tell me, because it's like the third time today where I've heard the lesson that awareness is the first step. Once you're aware of something, you have a choice of what to do with it. But if you're just going through an autopilot and not even aware of what it is you're feeling or doing or participating in, you don't, you're not consciously making choices. You're just autopilot. Um, that sounds like for you with the identity piece, like just being aware that, okay, this stroke is not me. I am not, you know, I am not Michael stroke. I am Michael shut. I am, um, that, that, I don't know. It just hits me. as so profound that it's so easy to slide into losing our identities. Well, for me, what's important in, in all that is um, you used the word choice like two or three times in, when, when you were just saying that. And that's that's the whole crux of, of my show. Like the, the the title, A Lesson in Swimming, comes from there. there's a scene where I have a brain biopsy and I when they put me under anesthesia, I go into this anesthesia dream and it's a flashback of my dad teaching me how to swim on Martha's Vineyard when I was eight years old. And I kept getting pummeled by waves and I wanted I wanted to get out and quit. And he's like, he has this line where he says, no, he's like, Michael, when a wave crashes over you and knocks you down, you've got two choices. You can sink or you can swim. It's like sinking is easy, but it's my job as your father to teach you how to swim. And that's what gets me through the stroke. It's like, like the memory of that, like, Oh yeah, I've got a choice. Like, like it would be really easy to give into the stroke right now, but I have, I have the ability to make the choice not to give in. And I, something that's so important to me, I do not in any way believe in toxic positivity. I like when, when people are just like, Oh, look on the bright side. Like I want to punch them in the face. And and sometimes now because, because I have no, exactly. And because I have no filter anymore, like because of the stroke, I, I, sometimes I, I I come kind of close, but yeah, that, that drives me crazy. But I, I did realize like, okay, but I, I can not, it's not looking on the bright side, but it's like, okay, but what, like, where are the wins? Like, like, like I I started keeping track when, when I was in rehab of literally every little tiny win. And I wrote them down because like, like, okay, I, I, I walked 50 feet today without my walker. Like that's a win. There was one I wrote in there. I'll never forget. Like I ate an entire bowl of cereal without spilling any in my lap because I would, I used my right hand with a spoon, but I held the cereal bowl in my left hand, but my I had neglect on the left side. And so I, I would go to put a spoon, spoon in the bowl and the bowl would be in my lap and I wouldn't even know it. And there was one, I, one day I, I started crying because all of a sudden I realized I ate an, an entire, one of those little tiny plastic, you know, peel back the, the top cornflakes things that you pour the milk into. And I, I had eaten the whole, I finished the whole thing and I hadn't spilled any. I was like, I'm getting better. Like that. And so I, I wrote it down and, and literally every night I would read my list of wins. And it, 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 again, it wasn't toxic positivity. It was just, it was like, I need, I needed to acknowledge that I was growing and that I was moving forward because otherwise, like if all I did was focus on my deficits every night, like everything I had lost, I would totally spiral into depression. And this was the one thing that I could use to combat that. And I was like, no, I'm, getting better. It, it's taking a long time. Like, yes, I may have only walked 50 feet, but that's still 50 feet. I could not walk yesterday. And that, that was something my mom did a lot. Like she, she came and stayed with me and visited me for like seven months. And every single night, when, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I know, I know. 
every single night when um, she would leave the hospital, because I was in the hospital for like two of those months, um, she she would say, what's one thing you did today that you couldn't do yesterday? And whatever it was, I'd, I'd write it down and said, see, you're getting better. You're getting stronger. And th there's a... Um, even realist thinking yeah i know you mentioned um toxic positivity but you're really you're thinking about reality yeah because if reality is not that every second of every day every deficit is pounding down on top of you right reality is you did therapy so you must mm -hmm. have done something in that session yeah um and you get what you focus on yep absolutely absolutely there there's i don't know if you've ever seen this there's a, a card I, I think it's either from the american heart association or american stroke association that on the front it just says we never know how strong we are until being strong is the only choice you have and i like i i, I printed that out and taped it to my bulletin board and like that that was that was like the the main um what what's the word um i forget words sometimes like the the thrust of, of like your motto yeah of, of writing okay. of, of writing my show it was like like because my entire life, I thought I was weak. You know, I was I was a preemie. I was two months premature. I was the perpetual ninety pound weakling. Like no one, I was always picked last for any kickball team or anything like that. And and I I was I always just thought I was weak, and I always wanted to be strong. And I was like, oh, I'm stronger than I ever knew possible. Like I I never imagined that I that I was as strong as I am. And that that was empowering. That was really empowering. To, to have that realization yeah same here um you know i've had moments in my life where i felt strong but i was probably when i had my stroke feeling yeah. the weakest i had ever felt because mm -hmm. um, mine was may of 2020 you know march of 2020 is when the world shut down wow. in the u.s anyway for covid um and i'm a nurse and it was like the worst time ever to be in healthcare ever um and to have an episode like this, first of all, you know, science is now showing us a lot of studies are showing us that if you're emotionally depressed and um, had a hard, high intensity workout, mm -hmm. you're at a high likelihood of getting a stroke, um, you know, percentage higher than had you not had those things. Yeah. And that's exactly what I had. And I'm, you know, trying at that time where I felt weakest in my life with the least amount of control. I was given a stroke and that could have broken me, yep. but instead it showed me that you can get a kick in and keep on looking, you yep. know what I mean? Like you, you will keep on going yep. and there's something, there's that inner strength in you that's going to show up when you need it. Yep. Um, it sucks that that's the way I had to find it, yep. but it was nice to know it was still there. Yep. It's yeah. funny you say that about uh, broken because that, that's the very first line of my show is my brain broke. And Joe and I have had this conversation many times where it's like, he's like, you're not broken, you're battered and bruised, but not broken. And I was like, I know, but that's the arc of the story. Like it, when I had the stroke, I did not realize that. I thought I was broken. And the, 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 it ends with like the very last moment is me realizing that like, no, I'm, I'm not broken. I'm, I'm unbroken. I'm, I'm like just the opposite of, of broken, but it, it, it takes, oh, it takes that, that, that journey to get there. You know, it, it's, you don't figure that out right away. You, you, it, it, it takes us time. I just oh. heard, have you heard the difference between grit and grind? No. Have you seen that Instagram post lately? Mm -mm. Um, <clears throat> so 
your grind is what you do every day to try to get ahead, to get stronger, to be better, to make more money, whatever. Mm -hmm. But your grit is your inner strength. So your grit is your internal, where your grind is how you externally show your grit. Oh, I I like Um, that. And I think us, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I think us brain injury survivors probably have more grit or moxie or whatever you want to call it than the average show than the average joke. Or, we probably have more than joke. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> or, he's a fun one to pick on. He is, he is. Um, or, or we we discover that. Like, we, we, we discover that we, we have more yeah. that, than, than we ever knew. Like, there, there's an untapped well of grit in there that are like, I didn't know I had this. Like, like I'm a superhero, for God's sake. It's like, kind of like you have to, right? Yeah. It's like you kind of have to open Pandora's box. Yeah. And there you go. Like, there's all this stuff. It's You're actually... There's a lot more to me. And I think, you know, like we were saying, it's easy to get stuck in toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. It's also easy to get stuck in like complete negativity. So having that realist view of all that makes us who we are and all the potential we actually have, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just miraculous because I really don't think if I had continued the course that my life was going before my stroke, if I had continued on that path, I think I would have crashed and burned. Yeah. Um, I was headed for burnout big time. And instead, I got this opportunity to rediscover myself and who I actually am and what I actually feel and what I'm actually made of. Mm-hmm. And it turned me into a different version of myself. I don't like yeah. to use the comparisons, better or worse, that. Yeah. But I, I'm very different and I'm very grateful for being the way that I am now. I don't know if you. I feel I feel, I, I, I feel the exact same way. It, it, it's funny when talking about like being on that path of crashing and burning, like my whole life has been like that. I think I uh, I was a <laughs> perpetual people pleaser, and I like, mm-hmm. and I it's funny. I, I was talking to my mom about this just just a few days ago, where I was like, you know, what what differences have you noticed in me since since the stroke? And she said, well, you've become a lot more compassionate. And then she caught herself. She goes. No, that's not actually true, though. She goes, you've always been compassionate to other people, but there seems to be like a shift in your compassion. I said, yeah. I said, I finally learned how to be compassionate to myself. Like, I've never done that before. Self-compassion. Yeah, I've never done that before. Like, I've, I've always put everyone else before me. And and I, I don't mean in a selfish so way. Like, we're raised, right? Exactly. Raised think of someone else before yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and that's not bad. I'm not no. saying that's bad. It's just... But, you gotta but, take care of yourself too. Exactly. It's like the the putting putting the um on the airplane, put, putting the air mask on yourself first before before you, you do the person next to you. Because if if you don't have that on, you're not gonna last. Um, but yeah, that that's sort of that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in all this is how to be how to be kind to myself, and the, and that it's okay to be kind to myself, and that I'm worth being kind to. Like that that's <laughs> that's a big shift for me, because I I never. Yeah, I, I never. I, I always took care of other people first. Um, in fact, it, it's not lost on me. I, when I had my first stroke, I, I'm, I was a bartender. I was bartending, and I was literally saying the words "How can I help you?" to someone as I had my stroke, and not one person stopped to ask, "How can I help you?" Like what? Like no one even noticed what was going on, and I just kept working because I was like, "I'm too busy. I'm too busy to stop." I didn't know what had happened. I, I didn't know what a stroke was. I, I just knew all of a sudden I couldn't. How were you able to even keep going? I don't know. I couldn't talk, and, and to and. 
as a bartender to not be able to talk is really hard. And I was like, what is happening right now? I, I don't like I would try to speak and words were literally not coming out of my mouth. I was like, what is going on with me right now? And I, I one of the people I work with literally said, she goes, what's what's going on with you? I said, and as a, being a smart ass, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm having a stroke. And she was like, oh, you're so dramatic. I was like, I know, I know. And I just, I just kept working because I, I, I was like, I don't have time to stop. And it took me four days to finally go to go to urgent care. And, uh, and oh, well, I see why they were asking what took you so long. Yeah, but the, I'm sad. I'm sad that they perseverated on that. Yeah, it sounds like they were actually wasting valuable time and perseverating on. Well, why didn't you? And yeah, you can't go back and fix the past. You, you can't. You cannot. Got to move forward. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I love this um, idea of self-worth too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So, <laughs> um, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you're always having to put someone else's need first. I mean, yeah. I'm literally in that career. That's what nursing yeah. is. Yep. Is, you know, you hold your bladder and you don't pee in 12 hours because yep. you're too busy helping other people go pee. Yeah. Um, but that feeling, that self-worth and feeling that you are actually worthy of someone's time, attention, love, um, accepting help from others. That was super hard for me. Still is super hard for me because I'm a strong, independent woman and I oh, build myself up as to be that type of brand. And you need help when you've had a stroke. That, that out of everything I had to learn was the number one hardest thing was learning how to ask for help. And I'm still not good at it. I, 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 I try, but I would, I've always been mm-hmm. very independent and very self whatever the word is I, I know there's a word for it and I've, I've had aphasia I forget words um self-reliant self-reliant thank you that that's exactly it um I've, I've never yeah I've, I've never really relied on on anyone else for, for anything and like having to ask for help like just just the fact that I I can't see to drive anymore and I live in a city that you have you have to be able to drive and you know after being quarantined alone in my apartment for a year without being able to get in a car and go anywhere it's like I, I need help every now and then and it, it's it is really humbling to have have to ask for it but it, it's funny you you said something a second ago that really struck me and now I'm gonna I'm gonna forget what it was but it was oh that, that we're we're worthy of um s- someone's like attention and, and care and and the, the the whole worth thing and um what I what resonated for that with me is like that we're we're worth our own like we're, we're we're worth our own attention we're worth our own time we're worth our own you know respect and um that sure. that's that's another thing that it took having the stroke to teach me there there were so many yeah i think i agree with you that's a, that's been a new lesson for me and you just said it in a way that i really never thought of it before mm-hmm. that i'm worth my own respect yeah you know, the choices I make going forward, I need to be happy with. Because how can I expect yeah. someone else to respect me and my boundaries if I don't? Exactly. That's huge. It's exactly. Ooh, that's that, that's it. You you just hit the nail and that's it right there. Yeah. Like I, I didn't yeah. I didn't even know what the word boundaries meant until I had my stroke. Like I did not grow I up I did not grow either. up with boundaries. <laughs> there were none in, in my honestly, house. Honestly, boundaries to me was equal to bitch and i'm sorry if people don't like that word but like boundaries to me as a female those were like the bitchy females that you didn't want to be really be friends with they were too you know like too strong too untouchable yep 
And so I never had them because I wanted to be approachable and have everyone love me and mm-hmm. love everyone else because I was a nurse, right? Like yep. we we rely very heavily on customer satisfaction. Yep. And now I realize like boundary has nothing to do with bitch. Bitch is a naughty word anyway. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be using it, I don't think. <laughs> um, but you have to have it to survive. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just read something recently and might actually have been on your Instagram. I don't know where it said that one of the most generous things we can do for someone is to set a boundary because it teaches them exactly, exactly how to treat us. And because we, we can't get yes. mad at, we can't get mad at someone for crossing a boundary if they don't even know that there was one to begin with. And just being upfront, exactly. upfront and, and clear. kind of like the guidebook. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's us like. I, I think you just said it very well. It, it, it's the guidebook. It, it's the map of like, th- this is how this is how it's okay to treat me, and this is how it's not okay. Mm-hmm. I, I know you, you and I talked about this once on Clubhouse. I think a, a long time ago, where I talked about I had to move people into two different columns. Like there's a, there's a safe column and an unsafe column, where like yes. d- depend on, depending on how people respond to me and treat me and things like that, like oh you're someone that I'm safe. Like, like right now, you're someone that I'm very safe sharing, sharing all this with. Um, there are other people in my life that I'm not because they, they start telling me that I shouldn't feel this way or I shouldn't think that way. I was like, mm, until you've been through what I've been through, please don't tell me what I should do. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't tell me what I should be feeling. Don't tell me what I should be thinking. And, you, and that word, that word should. I hate that I've word. I've learned through my life coach. Oh, I hate the word should. Mm-hmm. Should is what's going to keep you stuck. Yep. Should is trying to protect you from experiencing something new. So whenever you're thinking, oh, I should have done that, I should have done this, I should have done that, that's, no, like, you know, I would encourage you to stop listening to that voice. Yeah. Um, because that's what's just trying to keep you stuck in your own muck. And it's time to move on. Well, all, all of my friends know, like, that is one of my boundaries is like, do not use the word should around me. Like, cause I, cause I grew up being told what I, what I should do. Like, you should do this. You should listen to me. You should blah, blah, blah. And, I, and, and it, it taught me that I didn't know, I didn't know my own wants, desires, needs, any of that, that, that I, that I yes. needed to turn to someone else to tell me what I wanted. And, um, yes. Yeah. And, and that I, I have worked very hard to eliminate that word from, not only from my vocabulary, but like, I don't listen to it when people say it to me. I'm like, thanks. Not, not going to take that in, but thank, thank, thanks, thanks, thanks for your suggestion. Put, put it in the suggestion box that I'm never going to open. Totally agree. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the box is over there. Yeah, the box is over there. I lost the key along there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Michael, you know, we're starting to boil down a little bit, but like this just I'm so, so fortunate that I had this conversation today because I really was considering oh. canceling, not because of you, but because I yeah. felt so horrible. Um, but I'm really, really grateful. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, happy to have been here and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you had that experience today, but I, I, we all, good Lord, like you were saying earlier, like, I forget what the word you were using was, but, um, it stuff like that is so draining. Like our, our energy is precious to begin with. Like because our brain already needs as much energy as it can to for neuroplasticity and to, to make the things work that, that do work and w- stuff like that, like what you went through today, like that is just, that depletes us. 
it, it depletes it. So I, I, as soon as you told me that earlier today, I, I got where you, where you were coming from and, and my heart went out to you. I, I, I get that. I appreciate it. I feel that. I'm an empath. I feel mm-hmm. everyone's feelings. <laughs> Probably more than I feel my own. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael, how could people find you? What's the best way? I'm sure we're going to have people wanting to listen to a lesson in swimming. Sure. Well, a lesson in swimming is you, you can either go directly to my website, which is just michaelshutt.com or um, I have it two up on T's, two, two right? T's, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-H-U-T-T. Um, and then it's on Apple Podcasts um, now and they can listen to it in two different ways. Either It's either an entire 80, 80, I think it's 82 minute show from start to finish or I've broken it up into five short chapters to make it a little more digestible. Um, so it's sort of like chapters. Um, and then follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is um, at WHMike. And then A Lesson in Swimming itself has its own Instagram page, which you can reach me on, which is at A Lesson in Swimming. And uh, yeah, th- th- those are probably the... the and hopefully cl- soon. Hopefully soon. We'll, we will... This hopefully thing, soon we'll get to see it. It will be up, up live, yeah. And it'll be out in LA? Yeah. yeah. Is that where you're hoping to have it start? Okay. That, that's, that's where we're going to well, start I it. I always am looking for an excuse to go to the West Coast. Awesome. I do love it out there. <laughs> And I'll also have to go up to wine country because I uh, love it there the most. Then, Sorry, well, all you LA people, but well, San well, Francisco, north of San Francisco yeah. is where it's at. Yeah. Good. Well, actually, there. Yeah. I don't know. If, have you ever been to the one in between LA and San Francisco, the wine country uh, on the in the Central yeah. Coast? I like that even yeah. better than Sonoma and Napa. It's it's beautiful. Is that no, it's um like Cambria and Los Olivos. It, it's where okay. um where the movie Sideways took place. Merlot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't drink Merlot. Then. <laughs> no, <laughs> F Merlot. <laughs> exactly. Well, perfect. It was so great meeting you, and I hope someday you too. meet you in person and to be able to see your show. Absolutely. Um, do um, come back anytime. Um, Thank we're you. Always happy to have you, and if there's anything we can ever plug in the future, keep us um, apprised of all that because we'd love to be able to help you out. Well, and um, thank you so much for everything that you do. Like we, we talked earlier about community and I, I think at one point we were talking about resources and like when I had my stroke, I had no, no resources at all. I, I knew nothing about stroke and like finding you and, and finding Joe and, and, and finding other podcasts. Um, that was kind of life-saving. Like, cause all, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, there are other people that have been through this. There are other people that have have survived this. There are other people that that are surviving this. They're like, I'm not alone, and that that was so important. And so I just thank you so much for everything you guys do. Same, same. Total fangirl over here. We're gonna fangirl, fanboy each other, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Fan non-binary, whatever we want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, right. thank you so much, Michael. Thank you um, so much, Erin. This has been a great one. Um, one for the history books for sure. Awesome. So um, do follow Michael on Instagram. Um, go to a lesson in swimming.com or is it michaelshut.com? Both. Dream and dream moment. You, you, can, you can do okay. both. Yeah. So do go there um, to listen to his show. Um, I will say I prefer the chapter format because he is very accurate. Very, very accurate. Um, and it, for me, brought forth a lot of emotion. So just keep that in mind when you're listening. It might not be something you want to have on on Christmas morning. Oh, no. <laughs> unless you're looking for some feels. <laughs> so um, thank you again for joining us. Um, this is Aaron signing out for Making Headway Podcast. 
We'll see you again next time. Hey everyone. In case you're wondering what Aaron and I do for a living, it's not podcasting. I work in marketing, Aaron's a nurse, and this is just a side project that we love. We really do enjoy doing this and we've enjoyed being part of the community and building up a group of listeners. You guys probably don't even realize how much you help us out uh, just by supporting us. If you were looking to do a little bit extra, uh, we would love to have your ratings on Apple or whichever podcasting service that you use. Or if you hear us talk about a product on the podcast, we do include those links to Amazon in our show notes on our website. Your purchase after you click on the link just gives us a tiny little kickback. Nothing much, but it helps us pay our bills. And if you were thinking, well, this isn't enough, we want to do a little bit more on our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. We have a donation page. Any proceeds we receive, we give 10% to our favorite brain injury nonprofit of the moment. So if you are looking to do a little bit more, that would be a great way to support us. Again, we appreciate you guys oh so much. Thanks so much for your time and your ongoing support. We love our listeners and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.